say hello to Floyd Little and Jim Brown, Sean Tucker in the orange record books with his fifth touchdown of the game. All across CNY. Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. It's the 315. Hardy faking feeds the Grace Davis and goes He scores! Here's Brian Higgins. Hey everybody, welcome in on this uh, Friday. Working our way toward the weekend. Talking a lot of hoops today. Houston Cornell uh, tomorrow on the show. Eric Taylor, the color analyst of the uh, Cornell ESPN Plus broadcast, will join us at 3.30. We're actually going to be talking about elementary school fifth grade basketball. Our team was unstoppable. Eric was also seven inches taller than everybody in fifth grade. Very helpful. Very helpful. I think that's when I peaked. Yeah. <laughs> I was a great wingman on that fifth grade team. Passed the ball to him. Like Judah Mintz, I could get to the rack. Couldn't finish like Judah, yeah. but I could get there. I knew who the tall guy was. Yeah. Mario's still here. We're, we've locked Mario Sacco in the room once again on Friday. It's a, a weekly tradition now. We lock Mario in the room for a segment. We're going to get his picks. Do with him what you will. That'll be coming up at the uh, end of the segment. But uh, the sad news earlier today, and uh, you opened Orange Nation with it with Steve about two hours ago. We found this out, I don't know, two and a half hours ago, uh, that Orange legend. And uh, you don't use the term legend lightly. This guy is a Syracuse legend, uh, Lewis Orr. And uh, I figure on uh, the day he's passed away, we, we will pronounce his name correctly. <laughs> we'll give him the full Lewis today. But uh, Lewis Orr has uh, passed away uh, from, uh, it would seem, a very private battle with the pancreatic cancer We. We, I mean, I'm sure some people did. We did not know as a, a Syracuse community here that he had been sick. He had been a, a recent assistant coach with Patrick Ewing down at Georgetown. He had been moved into some uh, kind of behind-the-scenes uh, role. This season was not on the bench, and uh, I would say this would explain why. So uh, certainly thoughts and uh, condolences going out to Lewis's entire family and everyone that knew him because I don't know about you, Mario. I, I don't think I, I – I honestly do not recall if I ever had a conversation uh, – with the man because he was, you know, he was a longtime assistant for Jim Beheim, but he was gone from here by by the time I was here. He was a, a head coach at Siena in uh, my neck of the woods uh, for a little bit before he moved on to the Seton Hall gig and uh, around and about and eventually looped back to the assistant coaching job with uh, Patrick Ewing. But I have not met one person that's ever said like a bad word about Lewis Orr, and it's hard to find many people on earth that don't have somebody out there that doesn't like him, and uh, Lewis seems to be in the category, the rare category of that. Yeah, and the great ones that have have passed over these last couple of years and through Syracuse Athletics, it, it tends to be that way, and, you know, Coach Beheim touched on it in his book of what the relationship of bringing in a guy like Lewis Orr meant to this program. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he literally sent Rick Pitino out on a recruiting visit to go get Lewis or I think Patino was on his on his honeymoon or something at uh, the time and said, not Rick. quite he was at his wedding yeah, yeah, his wedding. <laughs> yeah. so uh, yeah Rick's wife was uh, super pleased about that <laughs> so I mean that just tells you what this guy meant to the Syracuse basketball family community mm-hmm. and coach Beheim just a short time ago you know releasing a statement saying Lewis or was the greatest man I've ever had the pleasure of knowing he came into my Life as my first recruit became a fantastic coach, you know, coach and a colleague, but most importantly, a dear friend. Uh, I will treasure our years together, sending my love to his family and our Orange family. So, uh, a, a tragic day for Syracuse basketball fans. Uh, you know, gone too soon, mm-hmm. and cancer touches everyone. It, it's you know, touched people in my family. I'm sure yours as well. And 
a great basketball player, but as you mentioned, you want to be remembered off the floor for the things that, that you do and, and how you act. And that was Lewis Horton. Yeah, and obviously we'll be uh, forever tied to the hip with Roosevelt Bowie, hence the the Louie and Bowie show. They were the two, first two recruits uh, for Jim Beheim. The the story you're telling there, like Jim got the job. He knew he had to get Roosevelt Bowie and eventually did well, get him. Somewhat local kid. I yeah. mentioned Kendall, New York, uh, you know, down the road in, in, in Section 5 area. But, you know, Louie was from the Cincinnati area. Mm-hmm. And, and getting a guy like a kid like him, to, to come to Syracuse and, and play here, you know, not a tall feat, and they did that, and the rest was history of the record that they had here at, at Syracuse in those first couple of years of Coach Beheim. Yeah, Jim Beheim, it was they were 118 during their collegiate career, and you you say they, I mean it was them together. It, it is hard to separate them. Uh, Jim Beheim at the time he was the fastest ever coach to make it to 100 wins. Well, how do you get to 100 wins? You got good players. Who were the good players? It was. Uh, Louis Orr and, and Roosevelt Bowie. So, uh, just terribly sad news. Uh, 64 years old uh, was Louis. Still had uh, a lot to give, and uh, passes away uh, today from pancreatic cancer. You, you know, he was there. He was an NBA second round draft pick. Played in the league for eight years. Uh, go figure. It looped around. He actually played for a young guy named Rick Patino with the Knicks at the <laughs> end of his uh, career. Uh, full circle there. Went into coaching and assistant coach. He was an assistant coach here at Syracuse uh, for Coach Beheim. Ended up on the bench at Siena. He actually followed Paul Hewitt there, who went on to uh, many years at, at Georgia Tech. Ended up at uh, Seton Hall, kind of made the tour. He got a raw deal at Seton Hall, at Seton Hall, whatever you're doing, uh, 20 years ago. And then, you know, just uh, a, a gentle soul, thin as a rail. But the dude, people thought he was going to break in half on the basketball court, but tough as nails. Tough as nails, uh, Lewis Orr. Just terrible sad news. And uh, out of the blue for us as the community, clearly. Not for him and his family, but that's the thing we talk about. Lewis was a, you know, he's a quiet guy. He's a private guy and well within his right. He does not need to broadcast to the world that he's sick. So I I think it takes us off guard uh, today, but uh, hopefully the people that knew him well and knew what the situation was, hopefully uh, they find some comfort with this today. And our our thoughts and prayers as well to, you know, Roosevelt Bowie being one of his, his great friends and, Mm -hmm. and to them as well uh, along the way. So um, tough. You know, you, you turn the page, and, and Jim Beheim has to coach 24 hours from now mm-hmm. uh, against Cornell. Um, you know, it doesn't get any easier after the celebrating the life of what Pearl Washington was last week with, with him uh, and, and Coach Beheim going into the ring of honor and, and something like this happens. It just makes you think, you know, all you got to do is look up in the rafters and, yeah. and, and see the names that are up there. Yeah, Louie and Bowie, they got uh, their numbers uh, retired together uh, a few years back in the Dome. This was back in... Uh, 2015. Uh, you know, it was fitting. Like you can say, their their careers diverged after Syracuse. Rosie went, and you know, was yeah. off in Italy for a decade more than that. He he could have played in the NBA for sure. You know, it could have easily gone the other way. And uh, Lewis was the one that did uh, spend the time in the NBA. Rosie was clearly good enough uh, to do that as well, but opted for uh, a different life after that. But you know, they came together at Syracuse, diverged again, and uh, I'm I'm sure we'll hear uh, Rosie's thoughts on it. Uh, at some point, we reached just so people know. We reached out to him today. He respectfully uh, declined, as you know. This is a, you know sudden news, too close to the subject, and uh, completely understand that for Rosie. But I'm sure we'll hear his thoughts on the matter in uh, due time. And you read Coach Beheim's statement. Uh, clearly, he'll be speaking of it in his uh, post game press conference uh, tomorrow. I imagine he'll be talking about uh, that realistically uh, before he talks about anything else. So we will have uh, all the coverage of that uh, right here on these airwaves with the post-game show tomorrow after the game, myself and Eric Devendorf, which leads us, uh, Mario, to this basketball game tomorrow. 
And should Syracuse win the game? Of course they should win the game. They're playing Cornell. Will they win the game? Hmm. Cornell's uh, sneaky good. And uh, they just shot four threes in the time I finished that sentence. Like, they are going to come into the Dome gunning it. They took the Orange won last year, and Cornell switched their system last year to be playing. They went from Princeton offense slow to uber fast. They they took no pauses in the middle. They went from the, one of the slowest teams scoring in the country. Scoring 55 points a game yeah. to scoring 85 points. To one of the fastest teams in the country. Um, it's you know it's the Phoenix Suns. It's seven seconds or left. It's gets get the ball up, shoot it from deep. Last year in the dome, they took sixty some odd shots. Forty five of them were threes, and plenty went in, but not enough. They put up one hundred five in the loss at Miami ten days ago. That's um, it's concerning at, at minimum for the Orange. Yeah, concerning, but um, this is a a Syracuse basketball team that I don't know about you that you you think has has taken strides. And yes, you're. You're looking at the last couple of games. You got Notre Dame, Monmouth, uh, Georgetown, and Oakland in there, and you're like, "Oh, that's not going to set the, the the world on fire." Getting win- wins against them, but you know, defensively, they've looked better. Judah Mensa has, you know, been phenomenal at the point guard, protecting the basketball, and you're going to need to do that at, at, against the Cornell team. Um, that's it's going to pressure you. They're going to pressure you off of missed shots. They're going to pressure you off of make shots. Um, but I feel better about knowing that that I have Judah in the way he's been playing, mm-hmm. and, and a guy like Jesse Edwards that I don't think anyone on Cornell's roster should be able to touch tomorrow um, in that basketball game. Oh uh, yeah, Cornell has many many interchangeable parts. None of them are interchangeably seven feet tall, uh, nor are they close. Like now, it, if they start banging home and we had Coach yeah. on yesterday, he's like, yeah, I'd like to make nineteen threes as well as Colgate. Like, like they start banging home threes, then yeah, you're going to be in for a basketball game because. Obviously, the three-point shot, uh, you know, has changed the game and can keep maybe a team like uh, Cornell in it tomorrow. Well, and the thing you say, 19-3, how could they possibly? That's a lot of threes. They're averaging 12. Yeah. Like, 19's not, let's say, wow, that's a lot. No, it is a lot. But at the same time, like, that is literally their goal every game. And their balance is the thing, Brian. When you look at, you know, it's Greg Dolan. I think is their leading scorer at yeah. about thirteen point eight points, thirteen point nine points a game. He's shooting fifty eight percent from three. From three. Fifty eight. Yeah, my point. Like he's made what, twenty four threes or something like that? Maybe they're, maybe more than that. Their team is shooting thirty seven and a half percent from three. Yeah. Their team. All of them. And they're it's balanced from top so he's averaging thirteen point eight and their fifth leading scorer or whatever is like eight point eight. So it's yeah. a very balanced attack to get to your eighty five points a game. You're not seeing you know, two guys score 19 points a game, so to say. You, you look at their numbers this year, They've and it's been very consistent. They had a two-point loss at BC. They made 13. Now, uh, kind of throw this one out. They played the uh, tough game against SUNY Delhi, but they dropped 22 three-pointers, only had five in a win against St. Francis of Pennsylvania, but then 12, 11, 14, 10, eight in a win against Lafayette, and then 12 more uh, in the loss at Miami this last week. So they can uh, fill it up from the outside. And again, 37% from three as a team. The Orange are playing zone. They are going to shoot it over the top of the zone, and they're going to shoot it from wherever the heck they feel and like. And if they get down, the, don't think Syracuse, you know, issues uh, up by 11. That This game's in the bag. They were down, I, I think, close to 20 in that game against against Miami mm-hmm. and had a shot at the end, Brian, to, to win the basketball game, a three-pointer that was blocked uh, with two seconds left. So, you, you know... It, they're not out of it, so to say, with the way that they could shoot the basketball to bring them back in it. Yeah, and a team that plays like this, that is everyone bombing away from the outside, it puts Jesse in a bit of a precarious position in the zone because you run out of people to guard in there. So the Orange will have to, you know, push it out. Hey, forwards, we need you to rebound the basketball tomorrow. Yeah, and the three-pointers, they tend, just due to the physics, when they miss, <laughs> they bounce further away from where the center is standing. Yeah.
which in theory, follow me here, would be closer to where the forwards are standing. So they may have to get this, pick it up. Good mathematics. <laughs> well, yeah, there we are. That. Geography. That's analytics. I used a protractor. It's the whole darn thing. Cosines. The problem is they're Cornell. They're going to know all this stuff better. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's way, way better <laughs> than, uh, than us. Yeah. The area under the curve. Yeah. We did a little calculus. Anyway, that's the game tomorrow against the Big Red. We're going to have trivia coming up at 2.30. Trivia, 2.30. I got two tickets to the game tomorrow. Trivia. See if we can uh, see how many callers we can burn through to give away these tickets today. We're we're trying for the all-time record. We want more callers. See what we're doing. Anyway, um, Mario, uh, we arrive at the most anticipated few minutes of the show today. It is the Saco Six Pack. Um, two and four last week. Yeah, thirty-three and forty-one on the year. Uh, yeah, you had. Um, I, I, I'll give you this. You were two and four. You had two. Uh, you had a few terrible beats yeah. last week. Uh, you had. You uh, had... Hop was was getting sixteen and a half. Yeah, Mike. Throw me a bone here. 17. You lost by 17. To Gonzaga. To Gonzaga. 17. Avalanche up on Friday on the Rangers. Mm. You can't score a goal in a shootout and you lose. Yeah, that was a 2-1 game. More importantly... With the Avalanche, they score lots of goals. Yeah, uh, on the other side, the 2-1 game in the NHL was 2-1 going into the third period between the Penguins and Sabres and then... And you nicked uh, the over there. All heck broke loose and the Penguins won 4-3 in overtime. Yeah, so... You know, two and four. Giveth and taketh. All right. Uh, we'll more than not try and fade my picks. But uh, let's go, college basketball. Yeah. One... Fade, fade Mario is 41 and 33. Yeah. See? Yeah. One quick pick in college basketball. I was wrong on Gonzaga last week. Are you going to be wrong on them again? Where are we going? I'm taking the Zags this week. Give me the money line. Bama. It's a tight, close spread. It's like two, I think. Ooh. They would be getting two. Gonzaga is against Bama. Um, Where's that game at? That's a good game. I think it's in Alabama. Bama's very good against like good yeah. great teams, and then they they're just yeah. like, oh, we're playing. Uh, yeah, we're, we got uh, Central Martin. Yeah. Today. Oops. Yeah. Sorry, we only won by six. Uh, Gonzaga money line plus one ten. In that one, the rest of my games are all in the NFL. Okay. Five NFL picks upcoming. Scratching my head, Minnesota is wrong. I told you to take the money line last week. They got beat by the Lions, who have tend to be hot lately. But I got the Vikings minus three and a half against the Colts. I don't know how they're only minus three and a half. Uh, yeah, the, the Colts are um, odd. Four, eight, and one. And what? Give me Minnesota minus three and a half. Baltimore, Cleveland, you might want to go to sleep during this game. I took the Ravens last week. I'm going to take the Ravens again. They're getting three in Cleveland. They're getting three. Yeah, mistake by the lake. Cleveland Browns football. Uh, the, the Browns offense has not looked good on the Deshaun Watson era as of yet. Yeah. So... Minnesota, Baltimore, John Ryan, like Jacksonville, I don't. I think the Cowboys, after looking awful last week against Houston, they're minus four at Jacksonville. Give me Dallas. That's a tighter spread than you'd necessarily yeah, expect you in that Yeah, you would think, game. and John Ryan's probably right. He's the professional better, and I'm just the schmuck over here. But, you know, Dallas minus four. The G-Men have looked absolutely horrendous. They're trying to become a team that... Uh, at one point in time was what six and one, six and one on the season. Now they are seven. Now they're seven and five, seven five and one. Don't forget the end one. They're getting four and a half at Washington. The Commanders. Who's playing quarterback for the Commanders this week? We never know. 
Are they are they being mysterious? Is Heineke not no, starting? Heine- Heineke's okay. In there, but, but Wentz is like a back of it. Wentz, Wentz the, is somewhat back into the fold. The fact that they're gonna give Carson Wentz a uniform this week could just <laughs> yeah, that's, ruin the whole vibe. That's, that's Hopefully, it's a vibe killer, and the Giants get back on track. Hit. Just give the ball to Saquon. Get out of the way. Lions. I'm riding with the Lions this week. Minus one and a half at the Jets in a Zach Wilson return. Has that line moved since that that quarterback announcement hit? I haven't seen it move. I've seen minus one and a half. All right, was it was it different before? I, like I, I wasn't on top of that one because man, Zach Wilson stinks. Yeah. Now, uh, Jared Goff outdoors is also not good. one, I don't know what the weather is going to be like in New York City or the Meadowlands or whatever. But J- Jared Goff in a blizzard is better than Zach Wilson in, in anything. Yeah. Yeah. He's looked awful. And the Lions are frisky now. Yeah. And their defense I, is starting to play not terrible. Yes. So give me the Lions. And uh, that's the last one. So Vikings, Baltimore, Dallas, Giants, the Detroit Lions, Gonzaga money line. Okay. That is the Saco six pack. We are trying to get it back to three and three this week. Even if I went six and oh, I'd still be under 500. So. That, that is true. Fade Mario, people. Do what you will with it. Do you know what we were talking about yesterday? Tuck. What did he do? Went out and scored yesterday. He did. What was but it? It was the second not, goal. Not the first goal of the game. <laughs> no, Tage Thompson scored for the Sabres yeah, less Tage, than a minute in. That's because Tage, Tage, Tage Thompson is unbelievable. Uh, a preview of the man who sort of knows uh, later on in the hour. The, the the other thing we were talking about yesterday is how many shots Tuck might have. Uh, he, had, he had five on goal yesterday, which is a prolific amount. And a thing you can bet on because it's 2022. You can bet on whatever you want. That's the rules. Bet on whatever you like. All right, Mario, uh, you, you have to go to work. Uh, you've got to leave this work and go to another work. He'll be on uh, News Channel 9. No fever tonight. No, no fever. No fever. Uh, lots of snow, no basketball games, so no fever, but uh, you'll be on See talking it. about Louie. What, what are you doing it for? Yeah. You're on the air about Louie? Uh, talk about Louie and uh, you know rerun a little bit of the Brian Errol sound. And look at the Bills. Uh, they got a big game this week, so to say. That they do. Saturday night, 8-15 with the Not Afraid of the Cold or the Snow. Or whatever the heck's about to happen to Buffalo, Miami Dolphins. So good luck with all that, Mike McDaniel. I'm gonna hop on my slant, head back to News Channel Nine. Okay, there goes Mario. We're gonna check out the six pack as we roll on throughout the week. We'll take a break. Phone lines are open. Hey, if you saw Louis Orr play, you have Louis Orr memories. We'd love to hear them. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four four ESPN forty four. Much more to come on the program after this. It's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. All across CNY, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. Here I am, rolling along. We, we had callers on the line for tickets. I, maybe they weren't craving them so much. We had two on the line. They just vanished. So the phone lines are open right now. Maybe they slipped on the snow and fell off the phone lines. I don't know. Be safe out there, people. 315-437-7644. That is 4ESPN44. I still have two tickets to the game tomorrow, Houston Cornell. I would still love to give them for you. Do call in. I have a trivia question. I have a very colorful trivia question and would love to give away some tickets. So dial it up. 315-437-7644. Cuse is playing... Cornell tomorrow. Cuse has not lost to Cornell since the early 60s. It has been a minute. Cornell is coming in with one of uh, at least their best teams since then. They did uh, have that Sweet 16 team uh, about 15 years ago. They came into the Dome. That team was pretty good. Ryan Newman and that whole crew. 
But uh, the Orange beat them every time. They've not lost uh, any iteration of Cornell now, going way, way, way back. Uh, but this one plays faster than any of the previous ones and is going to shoot Justin a shocking, I tell you, shocking amount of uh, three-pointers. Here is, uh, let's, uh, while we're waiting for people to call for tickets at 315-437-7644, here is uh, Coach Beheim from last night on uh, the idea of Cornell switching to play fast. Coach Earl was never this, you know, he was a really half-court coach. and You know, Princeton offense run through repetitions, you know, back doors open, you know, a lot of cuts, a lot of movements, uh, half-court defense, um, very little full court. Now it's full court trapping, um, initial traps or half-court traps, uh, back into doubling the ball, back into sometimes matchup zones, uh, really variety of defenses with a lot of different guys in and out. Uh, really push the ball up the court. Uh, really fast, fast tempo team. Uh, that they are. Uh, the last two years, uh, last year, full season, Cornell was third in the country in uh, tempo. Uh, they kind of measure that based on how fast you're getting shots off at the offensive end of the court. They were third in the country in uh, tempo. Uh, this year, early on, they're actually playing a, a tick faster, but have dropped in rank to fifth in the country in uh, tempo this year. So they are flying. They shoot a ton of threes. They are averaging 12 made threes a game. Uh, editor's note, that is a lot. 12 is a lot. All right, we're getting people on the line for trivia, uh, for tickets for the game uh, tomorrow. Let's go to the phone lines and uh, welcome in uh, Chris in uh, Fulton. Chris, uh, welcome in. Are you ready for some uh, trivia for tickets for tomorrow? Yes. All right, Chris, here is the question. Uh, the Orange are playing an Ivy League team tomorrow. There are three Ivy League teams that have colors for nicknames. Can you name the three Ivy League teams? Cornell. Mm-hmm. Princeton. Uh, no, Princeton is the Tigers. Princeton is the Tigers. So that is uh, incorrect, but Cornell is one. Thank you for calling in, Chris. We now have, uh, let's uh, move along here. John in the car is with us now. Uh, John is uh, not calling for the tickets. John wants to talk about uh, Louie here today. So uh, welcome into the program. Uh, we're certainly sad about uh, learning about the death of uh, Louis Orr earlier today. John, uh, g- give us your thoughts on and memories about Louis. Well, exactly with his passing, but he was such an uh, interesting guy to watch play because when we first saw that guy come on campus, like, you know, this guy's a... He's a beanpole, right? And he's just such a hardworking guy. I mean, he played eight, nine years in the NBA. Go figure. But I'm looking at his stats online, and everything he did, he improved in each season. Scoring, rebounding, assist, field goal percentage, free throw percentage. He was obviously a very stute, smart basketball player with his size. I would recommend that Jim Beheim and the coaching staff, he averaged seven or eight rebounds per season. Go back, pull up some tape, and show your guys on the team this year that don't know how to rebound, how you rebound. Hey, I mean, It's not the worst idea, right, John? Well, rebound is a want-to, and you have to know how to do it. So, you know, that's part of the problem, I think. Some of these guys don't want to rebound. But uh, anyways, great memories of Lou York, obviously, and uh, I did really like appreciate watching him play because I just liked his work ethic on the court, and he played smart basketball. That's how I will remember Louie. Right, Thank you for the thanks. Thanks so okay, much for bye. the call today. That is uh, John in the car with the remembrances of 
Uh, Louis Orr, who passed away uh, earlier today after a battle with uh, pancreatic cancer, and uh, he is right. And that's on a team. You say, oh, how are you going to rebound when you got a big center that gets all the rebounds? Well, he was playing next to Roosevelt Bowie. Uh, Rosie, he, he was known to grab a rebound or two in his day. And Lewis still found room to get some on the court. Again, trivia for tickets, 315-437-7644 for ESPN 44. You may have uh, heard the question there that we posed uh, prior to our first caller. Uh, there are three of the Ivy League teams have school nicknames that are colors. Not animals. Not swordsmen. Not guys with muskets. Colors. If you know those three teams... You can go to uh, you can go to the game tomorrow. How about that? What what's easier than knowing colors? We'll we'll go to the fall lines. Here's Andrew in Syracuse. All right, Andrew, you ready for some trivia for tickets for the game tomorrow? Let's do it. All right, so there are three Ivy League teams that have mascots that are colors. Can you name the three Ivy League schools that have mascots that are colors? Uh, brown. Um. I'm, I'm going to have to stop you there. While Brown is himself a color, Brown's mascot is a bear. So, unfortunately, Brown is uh, also incorrect. Ooh, that's an aggressive hang-up on uh, Brown. So, uh, there's eight Ivy League teams. Keep notes, people. There are eight Ivy League teams. Our callers have already learned that Princeton is the Tigers and Brown is the Bears. That means there are six left, one of which the Orange are playing tomorrow. Three of them are colors. Two of their mascots are not just colors. They are big colors. Even better. We got tickets. Who wants tickets? 315-437-7644 ESPN 44. Are we going to have to make the question easier? We're going to have to make it only two out of the three? Oof. That would be sad. That would be sad. If we'd have to... uh, We'd have to dumb it down. I, I know our listeners can... Can pull this off. I know our listeners uh, can pull it off. Okay, we got we have breaking news on this. Hang on, there's breaking news. We don't break news just randomly. Breaking news in from ESPN Albuquerque. Why have we gone to Albuquerque? ESPN Albuquerque, 1017 FM. The team. Sources telling ESPN Radio, 101.7 The team that University of New Mexico defensive coordinator Rocky Long will take the same position at Syracuse. More information to come. Here's the more information to come. Sources also tell 1017 The team that Long will coach Syracuse's defense in his bowl game. Well, how old he do? Syracuse plays Minnesota in the pinstripe ball on December 29th. We knew that. That's two weeks from yesterday. Shout out to ESPN Albuquerque. Get it. All right. So uh, Rocky Long's name had been out there. I've not heard that officially confirmed by uh, Syracuse people yet, but who's to question the good folks in Albuquerque? We'll get back to that uh, later in the program because we folks are still attempting to give away tickets uh, to the game tomorrow night. Uh, back to the phones. We got Matt. Uh, with us here in Syracuse. Uh, welcome, Matt. Are, are you ready for the trivia for tickets? I think I am. Okay, he thinks he's ready. Uh, three Ivy League teams have colors for nicknames. Can you name the three teams? That's Cornell Big Red. Yeah, it is one. You got the Big Green of Dartmouth. That is two. And you got the Crimson of Harvard. That is three, even with a Boston accent. 
Very good, Matt. You have done it. You've gotten got the tickets for tomorrow. Uh, hang on the line. Uh, we'll make sure to get them to you and the Ticketmaster, and we'll see you at the game tomorrow, okay? Thanks, man. Appreciate you. That is Matt in the queues. Winning tickets for tomorrow. The Cornell Big Red, the Dartmouth Big Green, and the Harvard or Harvard Crimson. A colorful, as I told you, uh, trivia question for today. With that, we have once again succeeded in giving away tickets. Despite our best efforts, we have succeeded in giving away tickets. And with that, we'll take a break. When we come back, it's a Friday. What does the man who sort of knows thinks he knows this week? Well, I'll tell you this. He doesn't think he knows the NFL anymore. Which means he thinks he knows other things. We'll tell you what. When we come back, it's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. All across CNY, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. It is holiday music bump season here on the 315. From now on, our troubles will be out. As we roll along on this day, sad day in Syracuse, or for anyone that knew or knew of uh, Lewis Orr, we will get to the man who sort of knows in a moment, but uh, he's been hanging on the line through the commercial. We want to bring in uh, Frank here in uh, the queues. Frank, for thanks for hanging through the break with us there. Uh, I'll give you the floor here. What, what's your memories and thoughts of uh, Lewis Orr? Well, sure. I'm, I'm really not really happy today because it's a sad day, but uh, memories. Uh, Louis was a classmate of mine. Down at SU, and uh, way back when in the 1970s. Uh, anyhow, he and Rosie went to my astronomy class together, the three of us. And I'm a little five foot five guy, and you got six eight on one side and six eleven with a throw on the other side. And they sat in front of me in the astronomy class. I'll never forget that. And luckily, the class itself had remote videos on top. <laughs> and my professor, our professor, spoke in a very, very heavy German accent for his astronomy. And thank God I had those screens above me that I could reach up. I basically looked into the sky so I could look, listen to my kids. But at the end of it all, at the very end of it all, we had our classes grades come out. And we go look at them, and there's Leor A, there's Roosevelt Lee A, and there's me with a B. And I, I, so admire those two people. Their intelligence is real, and uh, their goodness is real. They're they were great people back in the seventies. They're great people to the end, and and Louis Orr left a lot of a lot of good memories to a lot of good people. That's a great. He was a good man, and uh, there was nothing bad you could say about Louis Orr. I can't when he came into. Class at 6'8 and 168. Here I am, 5'5 and 180. You know, just amazing what he was able to accomplish with that pencil thin body of his. He was a great man and a proven man to go in the NBA and to, to succeed and again and again. And he had a great mid range jumper and he could rebound with the best of them. A little skinny guy could rebound like that guy. Not little, but skinny. He was amazing and uh, greatly missed by me. You know, 
he was just a periphery part of my life, yet he was a very significant part of my life. He was a good man, and I, I'll miss him. Frank, thanks. So that's basically what I wanted to say. Thanks so much for the call, Frank. That's a that's a great story, and uh, certainly we're, I think we're all going to miss him as part of the, the Syracuse community and Syracuse basketball community. Frank uh, calling in, who had astronomy class in the 70s, sitting behind Louis Orr at Roosevelt Bowie. How about that? With a with a German professor. Good stuff. If anyone else was in that class and you want to call in with your grade, we'd love to hear. But any uh, thoughts about uh, Lewis and Rosie and the whole deal? Give a ring, 315-437-7644. ESPN 44, Lewis Orr. Uh, we're learning the news at least earlier today that uh, Lewis has passed away after a short battle with pancreatic cancer at the age of 64. One of the all-time greats in uh, Syracuse basketball history. I I don't care who you're putting on the list. If you don't carve out some room for him and uh, Rosie, you have an incomplete list of the history of Syracuse basketball. With that, we move back along to our regular Friday nonsense because we have picks, and we're going to see what the man who sort of knows thinks he knows. Could we have the money now? The answer is no. I'm afraid I must insist. I'm telling you, it's a lock. But it rained last night. Exactly. What if there was a restaurant that didn't serve any food and just served up gambling? This most loves the slop. It's I thought gambling was illegal. <laughs> Not if no one sees you do it. Father was a mother. His mother was a mother. His mother was a mother. No, I think it still is. But not if no one knows about it. I didn't know you know how to play poker, Lois. Yeah. Well, how you doing? Yeah. That's good, honey. Guaranteed bets. The man is a gambler. Results not guaranteed. Pay that man his money. It's the man who sort of knows. All right, here's what the man who sort of knows thinks he knows this week. He went 500 last week, 34 and 30 on the year. He's up 10 units, though. His wins have been prolific. And uh, the main thing uh, the man who sort of knows has learned over the last few weeks is that nobody knows the National Football League with any level of consistency. So the man who sort of knows is eschewing from the NFL this week, other than to say he likes the 49ers to maybe win the Super Bowl. Not an official pick, but just tossing that out there into the ether. It's Brock Purdy season, people. But here's what the man who sort of knows thinks he knows this week. We'll start in the National Basketball Association tonight. It is Portland and Dallas. Damian Lillard is on a heater. Four straight games of at least 35 points. And when Dame Time gets going, it stays Dame Time for a minute. His over-under is 28.5 points. The man who sort of knows says take the over tonight against Dallas. And if you're feeling frisky, plus 320 for Dame to go 35 points or more. He's plus 900 to go 40 points or more. No guarantees on that. But if you're feeling a little a little extra sprinkle, those are a couple extra numbers out there. This game is not tonight but tomorrow. No official line out there yet, but the man who sort of knows does not care. Alex Tuck, Baldwinsville zone of the Buffalo Sabres. They are taking on the Phoenix Coyotes tomorrow evening. His over-under for shots on goal has been sitting at 2.5. The man who sort of knows thinks it may go to uh, 3.5 by the next game. Why? Nine straight overs hit by Alex Tuck in the 2.5 number. And you know what the man who sort of knows says? I don't care. Over 2.5, over 3.5. Alex Tuck is getting them off. He had five shots on goal in the Sabres win uh, last night. Alex Tuck over his shots on goal, whatever the number is, uh, tomorrow night. Uh, UFC fight night tonight. I am about to butcher a UFC fighter's name. 
prepare for this. Mahushita? I don't know how to say his name. We, we Googled it, and it, it didn't bring me any closer. Hyacir? I feel a terrible. I have no, I've never heard of the guy before. I don't know how to say his name, but you don't have to know how to say his name to bet him on. He's taking on Rafa Garcia tonight. Uh, Garcia is the favorite, but the man who sort of knows knows this. The guy whose name I can't pronounce is five inches taller than the other guy, and he hits way harder. Those things both seem good. He's plus 115 to win the fight tonight. Take the money line of the guy whose name we cannot pronounce. You're not even going to watch the fight. Take it anyway. Do it. Go. World Cup, Sunday, final, Argentina, France. It's basically a toss-up right now. A a bit surprising. I would have thought France would have been slightly favored. That's me, not the man who sort of knows. The man who sort of knows, though, you know who he likes? Lionel Messi. He says, take the Argentinians. It's very interesting, this World Cup. Third place game tomorrow. (laughs) Final Sunday. That, you know, France, like, France has been, they appear to be the better team. They won the last World Cup. A bunch of guys got hurt, and they just replaced them with guys. They're just rolling. Rolling. Argentina, very good. But they got Messi. Messi's cooking. 35 years old, his last chance probably to win a World Cup. Man, the story. The story of Messi winning. That's the story. We'll see. The man that sort of knows is going with the Argentinians on Sunday. Uh, This game is tomorrow evening. College football. Bowl season, people! This is the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. Yeah. Jimmy's got a bowl name for him. They're playing at SoFi Stadium. Very nice stadium. You know who's playing? Washington State and Fresno State. This line has moved a touchdown already. Has moved a touchdown from Fresno Dogs to Fresno Favorite, and now by somewhere between three and four, depending on where you're looking. Uh, the Washington State coach, they played a clip of him on Orange Nation earlier. Uh, he he no happy about the transfer portal. Why? Half his darn team's in the transfer portal. They're all in the portal. Everyone's annoyed. Everyone's leaving the Palouse. They're portaling out. They're not playing. Washington State, the, the coach is whining. It doesn't sound like they want to be there. You know who wants to be there? Jake Hayner, the veteran quarterback of Fresno State. He was going to transfer to Washington. He stayed at Fresno State and is slinging it around. He's been injured a bit this season. He's healthy now. Take the Bulldogs against Washington State tomorrow in the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. How do you get a bowl named after you? You pay for it. That's the short answer. And... This evening, I believe it's a 6 o'clock tip in Chapel Hill, but this evening in women's basketball, uh, you've all been ready for it. It's USC Upstate. USC Upstate? Where's that? Well, the USC is for South Carolina, so it's Upstate and South Carolina. How is it Upstate? It's kind of a skinny state. It's much more east and west than north and south. How? I don't know. Does it matter? No. They're at North Carolina tonight. North Carolina is favored by 51.5 points. To quote somebody else that uh, sometimes sits in this chair, that's a lot of spread. Too much spread. Take the are they the Trojans? I think they might be. Take USC Upstate, whomever they are, whatever they are. Why? It's a lot of points. Fifty-one and a half. Fade the heels, and that is what the man who sort of knows thinks he knows this week. Damian Lillard over twenty-eight and a half tonight. Alex Tuck over whatever his shots line is uh, tomorrow. The UFC guy whose name I can't pronounce, Hyacier, uh, money line to beat Garcia tonight. World Cup, Argentina over France, Fresno State over Washington State to cover in the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl, and USC Upstate covering a lot of spread against North Carolina tonight in Chapel Hill. And that, my friends, is what the man who sort of knows 
thinks he knows this week. Take a break. Hour two when we come back. We'll get into tomorrow's game, certainly at 3.30, if not before. Eric Taylor, ESPN Plus color analyst for the Big Red, will join us at 3.30. When we come back, the transfer portal active again. And not in a great way for Orange football. We'll hit that when we come back after this on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.